guys, guys, you need to chill. Back off. Boss is coming. Man, that's like the fifth fight I've seen this week. Yeah, yeah. These guys, I mean, they started it, and then I moved them away. They get like halfway down the hallway, and they just started going at it again. And then you got these two over here. I've separated them out. They're calmed down at least right now, but I had to give them some free drinks to get them to do it. I just... This is your fault, you realize. What do you How is this my fault? People get angry over gambling all the time. I didn't invent gambling. They're not angry about gambling, boss. What are they mad about? They're fighting over your little collectible pins. Oh, they didn't like the pins? I thought that that would be a really good idea. You're the one who decided to go with a limited number of them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what makes people want to get them, because they're, they're limited, so you can't just get them at any time. I mean, that's that's how this thing works. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, that, that fight, that, that's how it works, too. Uh, yeah, well. No, keep the pin. At, oh, oh, okay, okay, can somebody help get that pin out of his eye? Enjoy your stay, Cloud City Casino. Hello, what have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, Uncle Cloud. Don't get excited! Welcome back, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino. We are your destination for Star Wars in gaming. I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds. I am the administrator of this facility, and with me, as always, Nathan P. Butler. Hey, hey, but don't you want to say the distinguished author of A Saga on Home Video, a fan's guide to U.S. Star Wars home video releases, available now on Amazon? Isn't that what you wanted to say? I was wondering how long it was going to take you to bring that up. I, I thought it. I thought you might work it into the cold open, but... Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. Uh, no, but it's... It's out, folks. It's available if you're interested in Star Wars home video stuff. The book is out. Um, but that will be the only time that I mention it on this show. I'm just, I'm I'm crazy psyched, but we got some really cool other stuff that's not blatantly self-promotional to talk about this time. Um, <laughs> particularly news coming out of Celebration that we weren't able to to spend much time with because there was so much to cover last time. I know. So it it's out. I'm excited. Be excited. Okay, done. Cut. Yes. Next. All right. Uh, so, I guess, yeah... This episode, we'll be jumping right back into Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> so, I mean, what what do you want to hit first, man? There's still so much that we did not talk about. Well, I mean, being a show that's about Star Wars in gaming as opposed to and gaming. Yes, again, I still remember after this many weeks. Um, I think probably the biggest news has to be... Battlefront 2. I mean, we got a trailer that leaked right before Celebration, but officially Celebration was its big reveal. And after the reveal, there have been enough interviews with the creative team that there's quite a few things we know about Battlefront 2. And it seems like their approach is going to be pretty different this time, I think, to the point where maybe this is in a lot of ways answers to a lot of the things that, that we and other gamers have brought out as complaints with Battlefront 1. So... That be her Battlefront EA one. Um, so that said, I think that would be a great place to start if you're up for it. That that sounds good. Um, and by other gamers, you mean John Boyega, right? Well, well, other gamers and famous gamers like John Boyega. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually waiting uh, in in the panel since you know obviously we knew about the story mode, so I knew it was going to be announced. But they didn't have 
like he, the guy didn't take a breath. But I told William Devereaux, I said, when he take when he announces this, as soon as he takes a breath, and I'm gonna just go, "Thank you, John Boyega." But he nice. didn't. He didn't take a breath, so I didn't get to do that. I think back to John Boyega's uh, uh, his hilarious story about when he told his dad about getting the role in Star Wars and his dad's response was, you know, what is Star Wars? And he did the accent and everything that I almost feel like there needs to be this moment where on YouTube or something, he picks up a phone, calls and tells his dad, we got a story in Battlefront 2. And his dad's like, excellent. What is Battlefront 2? Right. Something to to just recapture the hilarity of that moment. But maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) So. Yeah, I was actually in the room for that. And I I'm sure you can imagine how I walked into that panel. You wanted to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. Anyway, sorry, bad Hamilton reference without singing. <laughs> um I think that you would probably have walked in <laughs> I think you walked in the same way you walk into this show, the same way you walked into <laughs> your own panel. You walked in with that swagger like yeah, I'm looking for something good, but I don't know that crap's going to happen. You know, that kind, of, that kind of like, like I want something good, and yet, you know, you've you've burned me plenty of times. I'm I'm surprised you didn't walk in with a sign hanging over your, like, like held over your head or a, a t-shirt that read something like, what the heck was that Death Star DLC or something? <laughs> you know, I think they brought up, like, at one part, the Death Star DLC, and... I tried my best to be quiet and not laugh <laughs> when that came up. You look over and you up. see like blood dripping from your lip because you're <laughs> clenching so hard to not say anything. Yeah, it's like that that meme of of that kid who's got like the the veins busting uh, <laughs> out of his head. Yeah, that was that that was me during that moment. Um, yeah, if you've seen Michael, or you see pictures of him on the panel with that mane of hair. You know that there's a problem. Uh, that he's about to explode when the hair starts floating a la Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that's mostly correct, but I went in there just being like, all right, let's 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 see what you got. Let's see how you can screw this up. Um, but I didn't... That's the spirit? But I, I didn't leave that way. Spoiler alert. Well, that's good. That's good. So, you know, what stood out to you as... Like, I know that they they played the trailer, but I'm assuming you watched the trailer beforehand because it was leaked online a couple days before. But what is it that that changed your mind? I mean, you if you walk in with one perspective, you walk and and again, I would say you walked in with an open mind, but your phrasing there was, "How are they going to screw this up?" <laughs> yeah, I'm not I did sure not. Sure, if that's that's like a that's like <laughs> maybe like a thirty percent open mind, but you came out speaking very positively about it, and then we talked about this briefly before. Uh, you know, not having a chance to get any details in our last episode, and you seemed very positive about it. So, um, what specifically changed your mind? Like, was there like a moment where you where you recognize yourself going, "Huh, this might not suck after all," or was it just the general presentation, or what? So, uh, I'll start with first. I actually did not know it was leaked online. I had no idea that happened. Um, so they, it, it all, ha- it it did happen when they showed the trailer. Because I was making my my little comments like, you know, pretty much what you would expect from me during the actual presentation. And then they're like, oh, we're going to show you guys some video. And I'm like, all right, let's, you know, let's see your your actual like movie footage of stuff of not actual gameplay. 
that you're going to show us like last time that's really not going to matter whatsoever for the game itself and you know whatever to get everybody hyped and then i don't care and then the first thing that i see is like oh star killer base i'm like yep that's what i expect and then all of a sudden across the screen goes the raider and i was like olive olive branch extended and accepted <laughs> so they that was like the the first thing where i was like Ooh, and then I saw like a couple more stuff, and then by the time the trailer was over, I'm like, "So when when can I pre-order this again?" Oh, they got you. They got they me got so you. good. Um, um, well, I, I I'm I'm with you. I went ahead and did a pre-order myself. I did that uh, elite trooper version, which we can talk about in detail. Um, I can pull up that information as we go along here. Um, but I think to me, yeah, that trailer. I mean, of course, most of it is CGI movie-ish stuff. That's not necessarily going to be um, exactly what the game is like, but there were elements of it. That they were saying, you know, this some of this stuff over here is, you know, in-engine footage. This is actual in-game. This in-game that. Um, but you know, they talked about it being a story mode, and we were hoping for some type of preview of what that story would be, as opposed to it being, hey, here's this big multiplayer game, and we're going to use hints of story that aren't actually in there at all to sort of sell you on this idea of it, which is basically what most of the trailers were like for the first Battlefront. Right. Um, but this one really grabbed me because, you know, you know me, I'm the big, you know, I, I'm big on the books, big on the comics. I like, you know, the whole continuity aspect of things. I spent much of the last few days t picking apart Thrawn to figure out how that's going to fit. Please, story groups, start being more specific in your dates <laughs> and pin things down. Um but it, it was the the how is this going to fit aspect that really kind of nailed me because, one, we see the Raider, which, again, is awesome because for those who aren't up on it, the Raider was the ship that was created specifically for the X-Wing miniatures game because they needed an Imperial ship to be the equivalent of a CR-90 Corvette or a blockade runner, as many people call it, uh, like the Tantiv E-4. Apparently, that is how you're supposed to say it. Mm -hmm. And then it made its way into Armada, and now it's made its way into what appears to be a canonical story. Um that instead of being somewhere in that, that middle ground between, well, what continuity is this in? Oh, it's just a, uh, an authentic experience. Here we have a story in which the Raiders appear in, which is giving it a little bit more credence, which is really cool, uh, nice reaching out. But we've got a story here with which basically appears to be that we have some new um, elite Imperial troopers, and rather than following the good guys – we're going to be seeing something that's going to put the Imperials in a different light, which is not something we see very often, but something that uh, canon has been doing more than Legends tended to do. Like the Tarkin novel, the Thrawn novel, in essence, you're rooting for the bad guy and seeing the human side of the bad guy, even though you're still saying, nope, 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 you're still evil. I would still put a you know a blaster bolt in your head. Um, we're going to be following the Imperial Special Forces Unit Inferno Squadron, which is where Christy Golden's book comes in apparently it was finally revealed that that was a battlefront 2 tie-in uh and we're following specifically commander Aiden versio uh played by uh janina gavankar who i don't really recognize but i know she's been in like the l word and stuff like that and done a bunch of minor parts elsewhere um, she was also so she was in the league this is this is what my wife has the best like i love if i'm ever going to meet a celebrity my wife is the best person to meet the celebrity with because there's always like the best story from it. Um, and she is from a TV show called The League, which is about a, uh, a group of friends who have a fantasy football league that they take way too seriously. 
and they named the their trophy the Shiva, which is after um, a girl that they went to high school with, and her real name is Shiva Kamini Sofa something. I can't remember. It's like a really long name, right? So we were actually sitting next to her. Well, not like next to her, next to her, but like one row behind her and then to the left of her. So we were able to oh, nice. to talk to her afterward. And my wife comes up and, go, and goes, Shiva Kamini, something like the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my oh, God, wow. Christine. <laughs> Nerdum explosion. Right. Uh, but well, she, she took it really well, though. I probably would have been the same way because one of the other characters that we're going to meet, this character, um, uh, Gideon Husk, is being played by Paul Blackthorne, who, of course, is known to most as Detective Lance on Arrow. But I'd be sitting back there going, oh my God, it's Harry Dresden. You know, it's. <laughs> Probably not the best thing to do, um, but it's it's interesting because we're going to get basically um, content that connects to all three film trilogies. It's going to wind up being a, a game with a story that's going to stretch at least from the Battle of Endor up through the end of The Force Awakens and give us sort of the Imperial side of this. So we're seeing sort of the evolution of the Empire into the First Order in a way that – in a sense, we sort of got the beginnings of with Empire's End and the Battle of Jakku and all of that. Uh, we've gotten hints of in Bloodline and such. We're going to see more of that here. And what gives me hope, part thing that stands out to me, is the teams that are working on this. Because you've got DICE working on it again, which is as expected, right? But then Criterion is doing the vehicle and flight controls and such. Um and Criterion, for those who didn't catch it with Battlefront 1, they were the ones who actually put together the VR mission. Oh, okay, so that's very good part, then. Part of, me makes, part of me thinks that maybe that means that they're going to be doing a, more VR content, although, you know, who knows? They haven't announced anything yet. Uh, they just said that Criterion's working on um, the vehicle and flight stuff at the moment. But then they've also got a company called uh, Motive that's involved and motive is actually the the team within the bigger team that's working on the single player campaign and these are people like i mean some of the people involved were like behind the original assassin's creed games and such um with, with all the mythology built in and you know turning Ezio Auditore de Farenza into this character that everybody can who's played that series loves and then compares every later disappointing character to um so <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, you're letting DICE do what they do best, which is the multiplayer stuff. You're bringing in people to tell a story whose job it is to tell the story, not just, hey, you guys who are doing multiplayer, you think you got a few minutes to do some story over here? And then you've got some someone who's at Criterion who's kind of focused in on the vehicular stuff based on their, pers their um, company experience and the possibility of maybe they're going to do that dip towards VR again. Um, and then... The biggest news coming out of it, which was, oh, hey, and by the way, all that's awesome, but you know what else? No season pass. Yeah. I'm like, that was. Okay, I'm pre ordering now. Yeah, that was huge for me as well uh, because they screwed us on the last one. So. But did you notice, though, that they did not say no DLC, no paid DLC? They said no season pass, that they're looking for better alternatives on how to deal with adding content so that they don't fragment the community as much as they did with the first one with the whole, you know, well, if you've got this DLC, you can play in this playlist, but if you don't, you can't play in this playlist kind of stuff. So I wouldn't rule out paid DLC. In fact, I think that's almost a given with most AAA games today. But 
it's at least not going to be, hey, give us 50 bucks and then pray that what we give you is any good. Right. It'll be something where it's individual releases. One just has to wonder, okay, well, with a season pass, we got a little bit of a discount because we were buying all at once. Does that mean that we're going to be seeing full price DLCs and no way to lower that price this time, discounts and stuff like that? Or maybe they'll just give us DLC that is perhaps parceled out of the a lower price tag. We don't know, but we just know that there's not going to be a season pass, which means you're not paying $150 up front, though you may be paying more than base price if you want the deluxe one, which we'll get into. Right, right. And I mean, that's the thing is which, you know, they, they've they screwed us before, but I, I feel like they went into this thing ready to, like, they knew I was in the audience. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, all right, we we've got to cover all our bases like we cannot give them anything to be to be mad about and now granted of course there's also the thing of being like let's get them excited and then we'll wait until the game comes out and then we'll screw them but i don't <laughs> i no. don't think <coughs> man's <coughs> sky <coughs> right right um to be fair no man's sky was like we want to make this great game for you and then they're like but we just couldn't and then everyone's like, well, you deserve to die. Um, that that was just, that was sort of a, a, a little bit different story. But but still, they did not meet the, the demands. I, I don't think that they purposely didn't meet them, but they uh, they were just unable to, to do it. But with this one, I because of a lot of things that they said, I feel like they are 100% aware of where, you know, where they went wrong <laughs> And they are, you know, they're willing to, on every single level, make it up to us. Um, even, you're talking about the vehicles, I'm pretty sure they even said something about more vehicles. Because I was about ready to, I was like, like, there were so many times that I was ready to be, you know, the, uh, was it Statler and Waldorf or whatever? And um, I was like, eh, and then they would say it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll shut up now. I guess, I guess they are going to add yeah, that. They- they said there was going to be more vehicles. They said uh-huh. that uh, vehicles were going to be part of the customization and progression this time. Even um, even the hero vehicles, which is cool. Yeah, even the hero vehicles. We're going to see more heroes, and the heroes are going to have levels of customization with them. And there was one interview I saw where it's like, it seemed like in this scene, we're actually seeing the, the, the player being able to be Luke dealing with a character from the squad, perhaps even the main character from the squad, rather than playing as one of the Imperials. Are we going to be able to play as Luke? Yes. How about anybody else? Well, if we're going to let you play as Luke, we'll probably let you play as somebody else. So there's just sort of this sense that maybe even in the story mode, we might be seeing a bouncing between different characters, which would be kind of cool. Uh, just like we're going to see somehow material from all three primary area, uh, eras of the films, whether that is something that's going to somehow connect with maybe flashbacks to the Clone Wars in the story or if that's all stuff that's going to be focused more on the multiplayer uh, kind of remains to be seen. But they're really – I mean they're, they're, it seems like they're really listening to the fans. I mean different character classes that actually matter and stuff yeah. like that, things that people talked about previously to a huge degree. It's almost like the first time it was, yeah, we're going to make Battlefront now that we got the license. We're going to make a game like we make. And then they got the backlash like, okay, we're going to make a game that actually fits the name. And that's <laughs> right, what they're doing right. now. Yeah, and they did say that they've pretty much been making, they've been working on this game since 
like they announced the first one. So I think I, I think that the first the, the problem was that they're like, all right, we're gonna take like eighty guys and we're gonna put that on Battlefront, and then we're gonna take the actual team and we're gonna put that on Battlefront two. Um, that's I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what happened. You know, if they're just like, oh crap, we gotta <laughs> we gotta make this game. We don't, you know, like we have enough time for the second one, you know, to hit that uh, release point, but we don't have the time for this first one to the like. Eh, here's what you get. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would be more okay with that, or I would be like, I understand, guys, if they didn't do the DLC. Um, I'm you know it's. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this show has figured out that that's the sticking point with me. Um, but, you know, it's... I'm excited about it. I, I think that there's a lot um, that they've got coming that this can be good. Like you said, they've, they're actually bringing more people in to do things well, so it's not going to be... Because the thing was that the, the game was, was fun, but... Even for just a, a multiplayer game, it was lacking in in some of its. You know, there are better uh, multiplayer first person shooter games out there than this one. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I I'm excited for it. Uh, another thing that I thought was great was the the little backpack droid thing or whatever. That's kind of like the one that the seventh sister has. Mm-hmm. And they actually even showed. Uh, it being in use because I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be like a a thing for the story, but that's really cool. And then they actually show where you can sort of use it like a a remote droid, so um, you know where where you can pilot it pilot it remotely. Yep, that, and there's a lot of stuff that we've seen. It's just really sort of a way of of sort of wetting our appetites, I guess. But what we've seen so far has looked pretty. Solid. I would say what, what what's going to come down to the question for me is when it comes to the DLC, what kind of DLC? Because you think about most multiplayer shooters, even when they have a campaign story, a lot of them don't actually do any kind of DLC that's story-based. It's usually here's more multiplayer maps. Here's more multiplayer modes. And in a, basically that's what we got with the previous game. It's just that that one didn't have a story mode to even be considered as, hey, let's add some more content to that. Um, so being able, I think, not having a season pass... Being able to say, okay, this is the DLC that I want because it fits what I like to play versus this is the kind that doesn't quite fit what I like to play. I'm not going to pick up that one. I think that's probably a smart idea if they're going to be jumping between both, uh, single player and multiplayer. And especially if it's just one or the other, probably just multiplayer if it's going to be one or the other, to be able to, to, to let us decide that as we see it. Rather than getting it and then thinking, okay, because there were people, you know, all the way up until a matter of months ago when they announced Battlefront 2 as coming before they gave us any details, there were people still saying, I think they're going to put out another DLC for Battlefront 1 that's going to give us a story. It's like, nah, dude. No. (laughs) That ship sailed a long time ago. Um, Now, let's sort of delineate this here. So the regular version is sort of your regular standard 60 buck version. Um, but whether you're playing on Xbox One or PS4, uh, or I believe PC as well, you can pick up 
the special version, the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, which is instead 80 I would point out, though, if you have Amazon Prime, because of the discounts given for that, if you order the game, the $80 game through Amazon, you're actually paying more like 65 So you're getting the Elite upgrade for basically a $5 difference and Prime shipping to get it to you on release day. So that's a pretty good way to, to get some value out of it here. Um, but what they're giving you if you buy this Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition is, let's see, you're going to get the Elite Officer Upgrade Pack, which has the Blurg 1120 plus Enhanced Grip Modification and the Battle Command Epic Ability. You have the Heavy Metal Upgrade Pack with the FWMB-10 Mega Blaster and Barrel, excuse me, Barrel Vent Modification plus the Personal Shield Epic Ability. Uh, the Armored Assault Upgrade Pack with a CR2 plus a Trigger Modification plus the Grenade Epic Ability. Not sure what's so epic about a grenade, but okay. Uh, we'll see what epic ability actually means later. Uh, the Master Specialist Upgrade Pack with the A280-CFE plus scope modification and laser trip mine epic ability. You'll be able to play three days early. Uh, it's releasing on the 17th of November, the anniversary of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Sad that I know that. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be playable on the 14th for those who get that early access. So I'm assuming that would mean... That like Amazon would be shipping for so-called release day shipping and getting to, to you a few days early, I would figure. Uh, otherwise, pre-ordering you know, the, right, the Elite Edition online is not really going to have much benefit. Uh, but then you also get access to Star Wars Battlefront 2 The Last Jedi Heroes, which includes uh, exclusive uh, themed looks for Kylo Ren and Rey. Uh, now, understand it says exclusive, and it's got a couple of asterisks by it, so I'm assuming somewhere it's like, exclusive for now, because you'll be able to buy it later. Um, one epic ability modifier that upgrades the Millennium Falcon to uh, become the last Jedi Millennium Falcon with updated sounds and look. Uh, two epic ability modifiers for Rey that let you control the minds of your enemies and create confusion on the battlefield. Two epic ability modifiers for Kylo Ren that allow you to freeze and pull opponents as you use the Force. And then finally, one epic ability modifier for a new First Order hero ship um, that they have not given further details about. So for about 20 extra bucks, you're getting basically four upgrade packs, slight early access, and you're able to beef up Kylo Ren and Rey and a couple of other and a couple of ships to basically match uh, the Last Jedi. Is that really worth the twenty bucks? And eh, we'll have to see what this means in game terms. But again, if you're to order through Amazon Prime, you're only looking at about a five dollar difference, and certainly something like this is probably enough to justify five bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's it actually I think before the uh, the taxes, it's actually like sixty three dollars. And I say that because I actually just placed my order. There you go. Talking about it made him go, <laughs> must have now. You, ah, it's, it's, that, it's that, that pre-order mentality. Well, um, it, was mo it was mostly, I was going to do it initially, but I was waiting to just to make sure that you were going to get it on PS4. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go ahead and do it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I have an Xbox One, um, but I... That's basically for the exclusives or the stuff that they get free with, you know, games with gold from time to time. I I don't do any kind of multiplayer gaming really on Xbox One. Gotcha. I'm a PS4 guy. Plus, if the game has any VR content, I don't want to be kicking my own butt going, God, I can't believe I bought it on Xbox One, but I got my PlayStation VR and son of a... Because my wife would get tired of hearing that. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. I, I get that. Um... 
So I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we didn't bring up? Uh, oh, one thing. Now, you mentioned, and I think this is actually really cool. You mentioned, you know, the whole thing of uh, being from the bad guy's perspective. That's not new to Battlefront 2. Yeah, because we did have the, uh, was it Battlefront 2? The real uh-huh. Battlefront 2 that gave us basically the 501st as yeah. the heroes going through it? Yeah. Only that was more... I'm hoping that this will be more of a cohesive story because that one tended to be more like, you know, and then we did this. And right. And then we did this. And there were elements of the of the levels that kind of connected together, but it wasn't as heavily story driven. True. Uh, it was more like kind of giving the excuse for why the missions were happening. But yeah, that is that is very true. I'm one of the sad people who uh, still owns a copy of Battlefront 2, but my copy of Battlefront 2 is on the PSP where they stripped the story out completely and just gave you like the Galactic Conquest kind of stuff. Wait, are you saying you're one of those sad people because you still own Battlefront 2, or are you saying you're one of those sad people because it's on PSP? Because it's on PSP. Okay, okay, just making sure. I was like, because And I... not just, no, not just a <laughs> PSP, my friend. Uh-huh. A PSP Go. Oh, God, I can't believe I bought a PSP Go. Oh, Digital I... only. Bulls. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't... I've yet to play the PSP version of Lethal Alliance. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it was never made available digitally and now the playstation store is turned off for psps ouch um so yeah i actually own it on both the pc and for playstation 2 so yeah uh still a really fun game and i've been meaning to look and see i i've heard that there is still some like fan made servers where you can play uh that game against people online I need to look into that. That would be cool. Yep. Now, are we good with with moving past Battlefront? Mm, almost. Almost. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about all this. So, um, another thing that they did almost, I found out from Mark Herleman, actually. Um, because, you know, of course, when you're at Celebration, you don't know, like, half the stuff that's going on. Whereas the people who aren't at Celebration find out everything and they can kind of fill you in it's a really weird thing to experience did you notice this the celebration bubble yeah of like basically you're finding out like things from people that you're like i wish i knew that if only i was some place where all of this was going on that you know i could find the stuff out oh i know where i was when that exclusive information was dropped i was in a line (laughs) i don't even know which line but i can guarantee you i was in a line right so uh, I actually already went ahead and pre-ordered from GameStop the um, the Inferno Squad action figure that that you can pre-order, um, which is I think super cool. It's I'm super excited about Inferno Squad, and even my wife, like she doesn't really play games, but she she went and saw it with me. Uh, it was me, her, and and William Devereaux, and she's like, oh my god, she's because, um, you know we. Uh, I, I'm in the 501st, and then we're working on her uh, Ara Singh to get just a little bit more so that she can be in the 501st. But she's like, I know what I want my second costume to be. So she's already wanting to do the uh, an Inferno Squad member. And I was like, yeah, we should do this together. And then I find out like a couple days later that uh, over 400 people said the exact same thing because there is uh, an investigatory... Um, group or whatever. I don't don't know exactly what you call it, but basically there's a a group for the 501st. And this is, this is how they have to do it for every costume, which is like, Hey, let's look at everything 
and let's find out exactly what these costumes are supposed to look like and all in order for them to be approved. Um, you know, basically they have to create the approval standards for the 501st and there's already like 460 something people, uh, or at least when I joined up, uh, less than a week later that have joined up on this because they're excited and wanting to make, uh, this costume. That doesn't mean that all of them are going to make it, but it, it means that there's, you know, that many people interested in doing so. That's cool. And I must say, I, I admire GameStop's restraint in saying we're offering an exclusive black series, uh, six inch or whatever it is, uh, special trooper action figure, as opposed to it being, Hey, Hey EA, can we have like a super duper edition that bundles it in with some other crap nobody needs and maybe like a miniature crappy statue so we can charge like triple? Um, well, hold although, on. <laughs> that, that, that actually is part of why I did my pre-order through uh, uh, Amazon. Aside from the price thing, the reason why I didn't even consider a digital download this time is that if you do a digital pre-order through, say, PS4 through PlayStation Network, you pay up front. Mm-hmm. And your ability to get a refund prior to release if you want to cancel that is it, it's it's a nightmare trying to do it from what I'm told. I haven't tried it, but I've heard the horror stories. Wow. Uh, which makes yeah. me sit back and kind of think, you know, if that's the case, I don't want to go ahead and put in like an order for this only to wind up finding, oh, crap, later there's some physical version I preferred. Because that happened with Destiny. Right. When Destiny first came out, there was this whole, you know, well, you know, here's what you can get. And everybody's doing all their pre-orders. And like, oh, it's like a month and a half to release. We're, re- we're going to have this other super duper edition that you can get. And everybody's like, what the hell? And they finally had to say, okay, we're going to create like a digital upgrade that you can do. Because we know you would have bought this digital package if you had known it was going to exist when you pre-ordered like five freaking months ago. Um, which is the danger of pre-ordering. But Amazon, I mean, they don't charge you until the time, so you can cancel uh, whenever. I would also point out that if you're interested in Inferno Squad, Christy Golden's book, Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad, is leading up to the game, at least in terms of release timing. Um, that novel's being released July 25th. So we're talking, like, what, four months just about prior to the release of the game to give us background to care about these characters, this squad, and this concept before we ever see the story in the game, which is, I think, probably a smart thing to do, give us some investment, because you know there's going to be people kind of like, hey, I don't know about this, I don't know about a story, are they going to give us a good story or not? Latch us onto those characters or that squad um, and give us a chance to, to build that interest. Yeah, and you know that that's enough time for even someone like me to be able to read it before the game comes out. Nice, and I will say that the, <laughs> the setup is a little bit different because bear in mind... Um, the game is going to pick up, supposedly, with Battle of Endor and onward. The flavor text, as noted here, um, for uh, for in the Inferno Squad novel, basically is that this is not a lead-in directly to the game per se, This, except in concept. This is not going to cross over with the game unless the game has like some flashback story elements or something. This is basically the aftermath of Rogue One and A New Hope. It's basically after what happened with the Death Star plans being stolen, after the Death Star being destroyed, um, basically Inferno Squad is going after the remnants of Saw Gerrera's partisans. So it's really tied into what we've seen recently, fits well in with the canon and everything, 
But don't expect this to just be, oh, well, I don't need to read the book because it's going to be in the game or vice versa. It's a shared concept. It's not an overlap. Right. Well, I, I'm, I went from having zero interest in this to being like, all right, this is, this is the top of my uh, to-buy list for books. Um, like so much so that I'm like, I need to figure out how to get on one of those lists so that I can get this early. And oh, well, I, to be fair, uh-huh. those of us who are on those lists haven't tended to get them all that early lately. It used to be they would send out like a galleys copy and it would be perhaps months before it comes out. So you have time to read and digest the whole thing to be able to do a review. Usually these days when we get them, if they're early, it's like a week early. It's unless you're going to sit there doing nothing but reading, you're probably not going to get to the whole book. And it's usually a finished copy. So it's free, <laughs> but it's also not um, it's not like it used to be. It's not, it's not what it once was. Where right. we used to be able to have, you know, a month or so to really digest and prepare a really solid review beforehand. So, well, yeah, it's, it's it's not the benefit that it used to be, unfortunately. And that's that's when something is sent out. Usually, Del Rey is really good about sending out review copies. Um, Disney Lucasfilm Press sends them out every once in a while, seemingly randomly on whatever they feel like sending it out for, and you never know until it shows up. And usually, it shows up after release, so you wind up buying it first anyway. Yeah, well, Just, I mean, I'm very frustrated with that process. I lo- I, I'm thankful to be on it, but at the same time, I'm like, this used to be so much more efficient. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I get it, and I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's not about the free for me. It's just like, if there's any chance that I could get this like a week early, I want it. <laughs> like, I like, even if it's just a little early, like, I want it. Because I'm, I'm I like, just, I don't want, like, I don't want anything spoiled. And I want to know as soon as possible. I picture the package arriving at your front door. <laughs> I picture you opening it and smiling at the cover. And then I picture your wife coming up, kneeing you in the groin and stealing. <laughs> um, and then you wind up reading it once everybody else has it. So, yeah, that, maybe I'm just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> was you have met my wife now so uh <laughs> that is, she was well, well she's the one who wants to do the costume on it so yeah, yeah i think yeah. i think you're stuck yeah she's she's excited about it too so um we'll, we'll see i've you know i tried to get her to read lost stars and she read like a two pages or something like that and she's like man i'm like what's wrong with you i'm like it's good that's, that's like she's the like, best it's it's so good they're turning it into a japanese web comic now what I need this. Yeah, one of, one of those free online, like, read the ja- the new Japanese, like, manga, but it's in English, web strippish kind of things. They're doing wow. that with uh, Lost Stars. That's really cool. Oh, free. I'm, I'm looking this right now. <laughs> so the entire <laughs> show goes awry because he stops, you know, thinking ahead to what we're going to talk about because he's like, Lost Stars, yeah. Japanese web. Click. Yeah. W- one moment, listeners. There you go. Um, Ooh, now, the artwork's really good Wars, too. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they look more uh, they look more appropriate, perhaps, in some of Fantasy Flight's uh, interpretations. Though I think their interpretations were were, were decent. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of those shooting Star Wars shooting games, um, did you see? And I haven't had a chance to try it because I'm not really big on. I'm just gonna grab this build of something from this site that's supposedly kind of legit and put it on my computer. But I'm not a PC gamer. Um, have you checked out the drop of that 
that Star Wars First Assault, the game that was supposed to be a Call of Duty-like first-person shooter that was being made prior to Battlefront that then died, and now an early version of that or a, a, an in-the-process build of that has been released for free online with – I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping that you know. Like I look to see who – released this who leaked it online and i've yet to actually pin it down i don't know if it was a member of the creative team on purpose or if this is something somebody got their hands on or just like screw it they're not making it they won't sue us here you go or how, <laughs> how, I, what do you know about it and have you tried it so honestly i've completely forgotten about it until you just brought it up and i was like oh yeah uh so what do i know not much but on the next cloud city <laughs> casino because you know you're, you're gonna do that as soon as we get done yeah i, I i'm because I even made myself a note here, but I, I do want to check that out because I, I think those types of things are so cool. I I don't know. I'm there's just something about like fan projects that I think are really really cool. Um, but it's not really a fan project though, right? right. It's a build of the original thing. Right. It's just, being, it's just something fans can now check out and see. I, I would take this more akin to like. Um, Star Wars year by year or something where you've got a book that's basically saying, hey, you can sort of take a quick glimpse into this era of Star Wars. Only in this case, it's this era of the development of this particular game. So you can kind of say, so that's what they might have been thinking. That's the way they were leaning. Like there's a gun in there, I think, that comes from Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, from what I understand. Like, oh, well, that's cool. And mm -hmm. of course, the, the inevitable comparisons to Battlefront that we got. Right. Yeah. I mean... I'm very interested in it. Like I said, this whole, you know, maybe uh, fan-made stuff is, is not the quite the word, but that stuff where it's like, oh, this wasn't, you know, this isn't your polished uh, AAA title that's coming out. It's like, this was kind of a thing that was being worked on or whatever. Check it out. And, and you know, we've been seeing a lot of this type of stuff uh, since the demise of uh, LucasArts. And I feel like there's probably some more. And it's like, I just, I, I just want to be like, Hey, let us just sort of go and just browse around for a little bit. Just, you know, just open the door up for us. We won't break anything. Just let us go in there, check it out. And, uh, and then we'll go along our way. So Is it, wasn't this meant to be uh, and correct me if wrong. Wasn't it with the idea that the speculation was, this was not going to be like a, a typical console game. This wasn't going to be some kind of big triple a release. It's going to be released on disc and all that. Wasn't this meant to be something probably for like PlayStation Network or Xbox Live Arcade, that it wasn't—it wasn't the size of a Battlefront or anything, right? Um, let me find out real quick because I don't—I don't remember. Uh, I want to say the last—I want to say that what Wikipedia said on it. Uh, I looked it up, looked at it the other day. Was that they were saying you know downloadable for Xbox 360, which suggests to me smaller. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's very possible. Cause like they, they talked about like, you know, it could, uh, it would have microtransactions, but then again, I mean, that, that doesn't ever really mean too much. Uh, it, it was probably something kind of along the lines of, um, Oh, I'm trying to think of like they do certain games like that where they are sort of first person shooters. Ba basically what the new Battlefront is, but from where they basically it, they'll do it like very cheap or free and then you can sort of pay uh to buy the the guns and and you know different loadouts and things like that 
you know, the more customizable element. So it's possible right. it was something like that, but honestly, I don't know. I, I need to actually get my hands on it and then I can find out a, a little more for next time, I think. Cool. So I sprung it on you and you were like, oh crap. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just like, oh, that's <laughs> right. That was totally a thing. Uh, it's just been, I mean, it, which is totally a good thing. Um, but it's, it's been Star Wars overload lately as far as like information and things coming out and all, which is, which is great because I, I felt like that, uh, we we're starting to get a little dry, uh, right. leading up to celebration with the exception of uh, fantasy flight. Of course there, Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I I don't know why they did their X-wing announcement um beforehand. That was really odd. I must say that the end. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of 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 big news coming yet. I know they just released a Jabba's Palace playmat for uh, Imperial Assault, which is basically the map that you would have gotten in the Jabba the Hutt vile gangster villain pack. Uh, but it needed pieces from Jabba's Realm and the core set. So if you wanted to avoid purchasing those two, you could buy the playmat. I did a video of that the other day when I picked it up. Don't know if I'm going to use it. Um, but yeah, it seems like there's just not a lot of... Like my my list of pre-ordered stuff, usually that's full of Fantasy Flight game stuff when it comes to miniature market, um, is pretty sparse. I will tell you what I'm looking forward to that I'm thinking that maybe you and I should probably uh, uh, get together so we can see this, try this out, and perhaps discuss in the future in relation perhaps to a Battlefront-style game is the non-Star Wars game that's coming up on uh, my 15th anniversary in podcasting and on the uh, 15th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, which is a game called Farpoint. Okay. It is a first-person sci-fi shooter for PlayStation VR that comes with a new controller called the, called the AIM which integrates controls into it, but also is able to be tracked. And it's supposed to allow tracking in a first-person shooting kind of mode where you're playing in VR, fully controlled first-person shooter where you're able to walk around and everything like in Resident Evil 7, except you're actually using this rifle-type aim controller that it's tracking as if it's a rifle in your hands. So it's tracking you and it's tracking that. Um, And we've talked about how, you know, we've always tried to speculate, okay, well, if you got this technology, how can we extend it and what could they do with Star Wars with it? And that one, I mean, look at Battlefront and last time it was, well, you can do Battlefront, but we're going to do the ships and the X-Wing mission because, you know, the flying kind of lends itself better to VR than the first person shooting aspect, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Whereas this presents a case for perhaps first person shooter style um, battlefront combat, if that's what Criterion or whoever would turn to, um, if they decide to continue with pursuing VR as an add-on to Battlefront. Um, but that's coming up very soon, so even if there's not a lot of Star Wars stuff um, news-wise coming, that at least gives us another area of speculation, because I think a lot of people who like Star Wars, who have PSVR headsets, who are sort of in that sci-fi mindset, have already pre-ordered these and are like, must play, because it's yeah. it's thought of as probably what's going to be the second killer app, so to speak, for PSVR behind Resident Evil 7, and that's saying something. Yeah, that's like, it's great, now make it into an E11. Exactly, make it into anything you want, because we know it's just a piece of white plastic with controls and a colored ball on the end, but when we're in the game, we don't care, because it looks like a gun, man. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's why I like um, Bethesda. They made the uh, Fallout games and the um, Elder Scroll games, and they're just like, hey, you can just go ahead and you can just sort of punch this in here and you can turn it into whatever you want. 
I wish that they could do that with more games so that we can Star Warsify them a whole bunch. Yep. My only concern, again, uh, I would love to see more VR content for Star Wars, but as long as it's multi-platform stuff, it's always going to have to be something that can be either small as an add-on or played either full VR or fully not like Resident Evil 7 was because you can't produce a game that's going to be on all kinds of different platforms and then say, oh, hey, but we're going to make it VR because it's just not an acceptable, not acceptable, an accessible uh, medium um, out there to so many. The, the headsets now for PlayStation are more available now, but that still limits you to PlayStation consoles or high-end PCs. So I I don't see them necessarily doing that. But w- how great would that be to have like a bowcaster in your hand and you're actually moving it around, you're actually like, you know, setting up the, the, the settings on it and firing down the sights at some poor schmuck <laughs> or or even better what if they do an entire mission that puts you in the holiday special no <laughs> you, you could be that imperial that gets like thrown isn't there like one that gets thrown off the balcony and then just like falls to his doom down <laughs> yes. below and they're like it's okay it's a family show he didn't yeah. die and that wasn't wookie vr porn that itchy was doing no <laughs> we promise here Here's a stoned Carrie Fisher singing. Oh. So, uh, anyway, that brings us to our next transition. (laughs) Uh, Which, I don't know what all else. See, here's the thing. I know that we, it was only a week ago that we dropped our last show. But I can't remember what all we did and did not talk about. Um, we, We covered a lot. It's just that, from a gaming side, there wasn't a lot of news coming out of that's true. Yeah. I expected there to be much more games. I expected more uh, bombast from presentations from Fantasy Flight. You know, here's these new miniatures that we didn't mention before, or here's a new game. And instead it was, here's Battlefront 2. Hey, anybody else got anything to say? Crickets, crickets. Or well, excuse me, space crickets, space crickets. To be fair, they did announce the new, because it seems like Fantasy Flight has really gotten into the uh, their Force and Destiny game. And so they did announce some new stuff for that. Uh, I can't remember what the next wave or two is um, that they announced that's going to be coming. Um, but they also had Tia Surkar uh, show up, which is, you know, I'm not going to, anytime that you get to look at Tia Surkar, I'm not going to complain about that. But um, she was announcing that, oh, hey, Sabine's going to be in this next wave. So you said, you said Force and Destiny. So you're talking about the RPG? Uh, what's the, what's the dice game? Ah, you're thinking of just Destiny. See, there's Force Uh, of Destiny that's the RPG, and then there's Destiny that's dice and cards and randomness and wah, wah, and yeah. Right. Okay, so Destiny. And then there's also Force of Destiny, which is the, isn't it Force of Destiny that's the new, um, the new figure line that they're doing that are, that are more like, uh, dolls. Uh, they're a little more, uh, focused on girls, I would say. Are you familiar with this at all? Something like that. Forces of Destiny or something That's like that. That's probably a thing. Let me see. I'm going to type it in real quick. Um, yeah, it's called Forces of Destiny. Okay. So we have Destiny. Okay, okay, okay. You got Destiny, which has nothing to do with Star Wars, right? Destiny or Destiny 2 that's coming. <laughs> you have the dice and card game Star Wars Destiny. Right. Right. Um, then we've got Star Wars Force and Destiny. And then you've got... Uh, you know, forces of destiny. And I must say, every time that I search on uh, uh, gaming sites to find out what's new for pre-order for forces of destiny, or excuse me, force, now I'm saying, <laughs> right? and destiny, 
it says, oh, you want to search for things with the word force and the word destiny? And it gives me tons and tons of of single cards for the Dyson card game. I'm like, it's not <laughs> what I want. Look, I don't have an issue with any of these things. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, the format for Destiny as far as the, uh, you know, the blind buy thing. But these names have got to, to be a little clear. Like, please, uh, everyone, you know, Fantasy Flight, uh, Hasbro, Lucasfilm, Disney, Leland Chi, whoever. Can we please get these names to have a little more uh, diversity to them so that we can keep them apart. It was so simple when it was just X-Wing and Armada and stuff like that. Even right. Imperial Assault now gives me a bunch of extra stuff. Why? Because they made an Imperial Assault carrier ship. <laughs> it's like, so like, please, confusing. Just, please let me search in peace. But, uh, but no, it's, it's nice to see their line is expanding. As much as I'm not a fan of the model of Star Wars Destiny, the fact that it really has caught on, um, seems like that gives us hope that we're going to be able to continue to see uh, Fantasy Flight Games keep the license. Because I'm always concerned with the game companies especially. Right. Uh, really, them and the comic companies. I mean, we've seen those switch hands. The books, I mean, Bantam, Del Rey, all kind of owned by the same kind of bigger entity. Um, so in, in essence, the books kind of just continued on a pace. But we've seen the major change with uh, Dark Horse to Marvel or Marvel to Dark Horse to Marvel. And right. gaming-wise, I mean, West End Games, which is the coast now, Fantasy Decipher. Flight Games. Uh, decipher having the card games for a while um it's just sort of a it concerns me the idea that you know because they started slowing down in their announcements and releases of new stuff for the rpg like are they about to relaunch something we're getting uh, trickles out of information about x-wing i don't know that we've seen much in the way of new armada announcements it's kind of like for a while they're getting the sense that oh we might be about to see another company change and it looks like instead it's more just they're focusing on destiny instead yeah. For a while, but the company should be able to make a strong case to continue holding the license, um, which is good because they produce fantastic stuff. It's yeah, just that, for sure. you know, Fantasy Flight, fantastic. There you go. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, maybe right now their focus isn't quite where we would prefer it to be based on what right. we prefer to play, but that it is still you know, solid product line. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, it's, well, for one thing is, uh, I don't think we have to worry about the, the comic line changing anytime soon. I think, uh, Marvel's got that yeah. pretty locked down. Yeah. Um, they, they, they will now be able to forever put out substandard star Wars material or <laughs> clickbait star Wars material like Sana solo Ouch. slash Staros and crap like that. And yeah. give us stories that don't really mean much. And be able to get away with it because they're owned by Disney. Huh. Son of a Bantha. <laughs> um, I, no, hold on. To, to be fair, I want to say, granted, I am probably about a year behind on comics. Uh, that has nothing to do with that. Like, I, I love Spider-Man and, you know, I'm, I'm about a year behind uh, on that as well. But uh, the, there's some good and bad. You know, obviously... Oh, yeah. They, the, they, the, they've done some really good stuff. The, the new mm -hmm. Afra stuff is good. Poe Dameron is all right. It's it's stuff like the Princess Leia miniseries, the Chewbacca miniseries that probably shouldn't exist. Oh, see, and I love the Chewbacca miniseries, though. And, and a oh, lot of people did, don't, actually. Don't even get me started. And... <laughs> and you mean Lassie, the miniseries Star Wars Lassie? Um, it wasn't Lassie. Lassie can't. Lassie's like, I got Timmy out of a well. Chewie's like, I liberated a planet. She was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, androgynous child. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, but then uh, he's like, no, Here, I, have this medal. <laughs> what do I? I think, what do I need with I, a medal? I, I think what gets me, and this is something we talk about on Beyond the Films a lot, is just 
and it's not a thing that's that's just for the comics, really. It's just this whole, you know, we're going to make the biggest, most important events, the stuff that really matters, take place in films or TV, which means that you're only going to get a novel every once in a while that really feels like it matters, or they're going to be more character study stuff and, and origin stories like, say, Thrawn or Tarkin. And the comics have kind of, like, it seemed like for a while there's like, holy crap, this is how Vader learns that Luke is out there as his son. Holy crap. Right. And then it's like, and now we're going to do a bunch of stuff you're probably not going to care about for a while. <laughs> um, they, they seem like they're at their best with Marvel when they're doing Star Wars characters that aren't film characters in the era they're telling stories in. Because most of it is the, you know, the gap between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back where we kind of know where they're going. You can't do too much with them in the middle. And right. the biggest stuff that they do winds up being like I, I, I don't know if I will be able to ever forgive them for the Sana Solo clickbait thing or the one hundred plus variant covers for Star Wars number one. Well, the uh, the but the variant covers thing is, I mean, that that's just smart, you know. I mean, that's uh, art collectors love that stuff, and you know, I, I think it's cool, and and I like to be able to grab different pieces because I mean, the thing is, like, a lot of them you can get pretty uh, pretty affordable. And um, that that was a really bad sentence. Sorry. And some, compl- of, some of them, I it, what I what I know from the <laughs> Marvel stuff has mm-hmm. been that I have friends who like me are completists, but right. I'm a completist in terms of I want to have each story. They are completists and they want to have every single variant, and they have been pulling right. their hair out with all these variants for years now. Yeah. And some of them have dropped thousands trying to get every copy of the yeah. first like five issues of Star Wars, and that's right ridiculous to me right. but but that's, that, but that's but that's not a star wars thing that's a marvel thing that's a business decision oh that's not made. even a marvel that's thing not really the purview of yeah. star wars in gaming um, <laughs> well hey hey we we deviate what was it we uh, we, we, we got get off to of... it we got to it in an organic way though i think right yeah but i mean that that's a that's a Licenses. comic thing you know like uh when yeah. they did the 100th uh cover for the walking dead or the the 100th issue, then they dropped a crap ton of uh, variants for that as well. That's just comics are all about doing the variants, and because essentially what it is is you're selling the same story to the same person multiple times, and mm-hmm. you know that that the problem is that unfortunately there's not many comic readers these days and that's just and many of them do digital so the cost of printing is higher now so you've got to draw people in with something right so it is what it is on on that aspect uh as far as the sauna solo thing the thing that frustrated me the most was i think there was a really i thought it was a really cool concept like i know some people look han solo can't be married and i was like like I totally expect this. Like as far as I'm concerned, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if Han had like two kids by this point, you know. Um, That's what and, and and that would have fit the character instead of it being a friends esque. Uh, it, it just it, it was a sitcom esque. Oh, it's not actually solo. My name's Staros. We just we just used that whole solo thing on like a job a while back. None of us actually believes it's true. I'm just BSing to get on his nerves. But it took multiple issues. But see, I and another arc for that to come through when Han should have said, "You know what, Leia? She's not actually my wife. It was just a job. Her name's actually Staros." Hey. Sana, go the hell away. And instead, it was, we're going to drag this out because, oh my yeah. god, the clickbait, the clickbait, the clickbait. Right. And you shouldn't be writing for clickbait. You should be writing for the story, and you should be writing to be able to draw people in by the quality of your product. Not, mm-hmm. you, should not be, you should not be setting up your story concepts for 
your comic books in the way that people write links now where it's like, like, and what she saw next shocked her. What was it? Link. <laughs> right. Well, no, and, and, no, but like you're I said, not tawdry. Don't be that way. But to me though, the, the, the clickbaity thing was he's married. And, and to me, I say, yeah, that's fine, but stick with it. Don't, you know, don't mm-hmm. get, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a proper way to, to say it, but basically don't, or a, uh, a more PG way to say it, but you know, don't, don't get cold What's feet. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what should have happened was, cause my, my thought on it, and I think anyone would say this is a thousand times better than what they were going to do is that basically, yeah, it, it's part of a job, but she wasn't privy to that. Like he pretty much just used her and she was unaware. And so she kind of has a good reason to be upset with him. Yeah. Um, or even, even something as simple as the other trope, which is the whole, you know, we thought it was fake and it turns out that it's not. And now that I'm on hard times, now I'm coming to get my cut be husband or something, you know, yeah. give it, give it but some instead, teeth. They just kind of, I don't know. They let it, they let it fizzle. They let it be there. They let it draw attention. Um, and yeah, although I don't know that they they purposely – and this is, again, getting far afield, so I'll leave this for discussion for beyond the films. But they got way more backlash because of Sana Solo's race than I think they expected, and that exposed an underside and a, an I... ugly undercurrent in some of fandom that, that you also mm-hmm. saw with, with Finn's casting. And I think – I like to think that it's just a small number of idiots on Twitter – trying to gin up an issue, but uh, just, it, it pains me to see that. It, I mean, be mad about the clickbait, but ooh, you're, you're going to some dark places when you start getting into uh, the racial, into that sort of thing. Yeah, and my thing is, though, is I think it's kind of like what, you know, like you were saying with um, uh, um, with, with, with Wendig, or, or, you know, how some people were, oh, you don't like Aftermath? Well, then you're homophobic. I, I kind of, I mean... Not saying that there weren't people who were saying that, but I think that it Marvel because they do this type of stuff. Like Marvel is very much, you know, they right now we have a Korean uh, Hulk. We have uh, let's see, I think it, uh, re- up till recently, uh, Cap was black, and um, there was also and now uh, he's Hydra apparently. Right and now he's Hydra. Yeah, from and then, an alternate original timeline where the Nazis oh and let's yeah. not even get into that but yeah. um you know and then like Iron Man is replaced by a 15 year old right. black girl you know just things like that uh Thor is is uh, a woman now so you know all of those types of things and it's like oh you don't like this well it's because you don't like women it's because you don't, and I I I just kind of wonder if it's sort of just falling on that sort of thing um, but I still say that the people who were getting upset were wrong because I think the idea was really great. It just, the execution, um, right. was not. So anyhow, that's, uh, that's been Star Wars Beyond the Films. Sorry, Mark Herleman. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. taking with, over. With guest host, Michael Morris. Where's Mark? Mark, where are you, man? Oh. Where's Whistler? Right. Uh, so anyhow, what were we talking about before we got on that again? Licenses. We were talking about right, licenses. Right, right. And, uh, and I guess this begs the question, and I, this would kind of give us a nice little bow on the episode, perhaps, to kind of wrap it up. Um, but thinking in terms of what we now know about Battlefront 2, and we've been very critical of, of DICE and the way they handled Battlefront 1, um, 
And this has heaped a lot of criticism so far on EA as the, 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 the sort of overarching umbrella under which the Star Wars games are coming. We still know very little about the Visceral Games game or the Respawn game that's coming. Based, though, on what we're seeing, does this approach to Battlefront not just give you more hope for Battlefront, because that seems to be the case, but does it give you more, in essence, faith in EA that they're actually listening to the fans, or does it feel like this is more of like a dice level kind of decision? I'm curious if the if if the goodwill that this what we're learning about Battlefront Two is giving to the people actively making it, if that goodwill extends up the food chain or not to EA. I I would say it's probably from from the sound of it, I think it kind of is more EA than Dice. Um, just talking because they've brought in. Um, you know, like they they brought in Criterion and stuff like that. That makes me think that that's more from the EA side. So yeah, possibly. I mean, I I think I think unfortunately, you know, one game is not enough to get a good um idea as to whether or not um you know things are gonna be good down the road or not. But uh, let's I th- I think that you know once we get that um. I guess the Amy Henning game is the next one to come out. Yeah, the visceral one. Yeah, yeah I, I think that uh, once we see what's going on there, then we can, you know, um, we can handle that better. Now, have do they have a, a release date on that, or at least um, a year that that one's supposed to come well, out? Last I heard, that is next year. The idea was that it was Battlefront 2, then that, then Respawn's game. Okay. That's- and it was year to year to year. That's my only thing though is only putting out one video game a year is rough. Like I, I feel like, you know, give me at least two games a year. Well, the development time is kind of stretched, and I—I I, I mean, if it's a good game, right? And no, they are continuing sure. to support it throughout the year. I could see that. I, it is a slow time for Star Wars games. You don't see nearly as much as there had been, but we also see that trend towards mobile gaming, and there's a lot of those. Um, and I would say that there is still the possibility of other Star Wars games because even though EA is kind of the overarching, you know, the the, the publisher, I guess, is, is what I'm looking for. Um, we, we did also see Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, and it got support throughout. And that was really kind of off to the side of all the other stuff that EA was doing with Battlefront. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be one per year, but yeah, it's certainly true. it certainly looks like it. it's what I'm what I'm more concerned about is. I would rather see. I mean, I just want the games to be good. No, I hear you know, you. I don't care if it's I'm EA or someone else. I want the game to be good. And if you can put out good games and it's going to be yearly iterations, like a Call of Duty with a couple different teams working on it, okay. But make them good, um, and then I can decide if I want to buy the things or not. But but make sure that it's a, it's a quality thing. Don't make it because I think with Battlefront One, it was that we were starred for Star Wars games, so a lot of people still bought it and still played it. Despite the flaws, because what else were we going to play exactly. of Star Wars other than a Lego game? Exactly. And, and that is concerning. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. And uh, also, which you, you did, I mean, technically we got three games there in a short time because there was also the uh, the Disney Infinity game, uh, RIP. True. True. I guess you would consider that. I mean, I, I guess I, for some reason, I wouldn't have thought of that as a game in and of itself because of the whole iteration thing. But yeah, that was 3.0, so technically it was a new version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and we got tons of crappy mobile games. I mean, good mobile games. <laughs> I mean, and some what? 
Yeah. yeah, tons of mobile games with uh with microtransactions, but um yeah, I I still think that even with this, um I still think we may be in what to some degree, some degree is either a golden age or almost or nearly so of Star Wars gaming because I think as soon as you stop thinking just video games and take into account what Fantasy Flight is doing with the miniatures games, the LCG um and so on and some of their standalone stuff like Rebellion I think there's some fantastic stuff out there. It feels slow, yeah. but I still feel like we're in a really good place as people who like Star Wars games. It's just the video games don't come as fast as we would like. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. So I think that's. And this has been the State of the Union. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll, I'll agree with you. So, I mean, I don't have anything else, uh, mostly just because I can't even remember. I'm like, did we talk about Rebels? I mean, I know that's not gaming, but it's Celebration, and we were there. Like, um, I mean, did we even go through the the Last Jedi trailer? Did we even go through that? We talked about elements of it. I think I think last episode, it's it's like a hangover. It was like, whoa, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and last episode was sort of the... Things that aren't video games. Right. <laughs> from right. Celebration. Which was, like, I mean, which is like 98% of Celebration. But, I mean, you know, yeah, we're a, we're a gaming podcast, but I want to talk about all of the experiences and things that, uh, that we went through. So, like I said, I, you know, I would like to kind of cover that stuff, but I don't know, um... I don't remember what all that we didn't cover. So I think what... Well, then it's, it sounds like that's a second half to go along with uh, you playing some first assault tech build for next <laughs> right, time. Right. So I'll uh, I'll do my homework on both of those things and uh, that'll be that'll be our next episode, I suppose. Sounds good. I love assigning homework to people. Wait, <laughs> Your students are like, I, I get knew paid it for it. <laughs> Though not really anymore if it's all online. Right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, of course, you can always find us at uh, our typical places, StarWarsReport.com. Email us at CloudCityCasino at Gmail, or we're just CloudCityCasino uh, on Facebook and Twitter. And, um, of course, iTunes. You can subscribe and review us. We haven't gotten a review in a little while, so we would certainly appreciate that so that we can uh, thank you on on our next show if you leave it before then and then now we also yes. haven't been the target of a coordinated negative review thing either so that's good that's that's always good yeah i, I guess are, are we talking about something <laughs> are we talking about another show that you may do possibly <laughs> oh the start man angry star wars fans love to to get together and start um Starter ruckus, I guess. I can't think of the uh, the the correct thing that that they do or that would accurately um, describe it. But uh, anyhow, he back to doesn't, he, he doesn't want to edit out any swear words, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like I want this just to be done. I can put it online. No, yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, whatever. It's uh, so leave us a review on iTunes if you feel the urge and uh, and if you want to point out that we actually stayed on topic this time, but oh, mostly. Mostly? Yeah, mostly. You you can say you stayed on topic this time. 
80 percent yeah yeah i i was the one who's like hey nate check this out squirrel uh <laughs> but uh also Space squirrel we are on the uh the google play store we're on the the star wars app there as well as uh what was stitcher and tune in and oh we're also on uh you can find us over on jedi news so lots of different places and like i said uh, you know reach out to us for sure because we we uh we get back to you but uh besides that oh yeah i am morris isley on twitter and instagram and uh i know that a lot of people or at least one person does not look at that nearly enough you have an instagram what's an instagram you young you young child (laughs) (laughs) you're like hey does anybody know about this i'm like yeah go check out my instagram and then you will know all you need to know about it nate and then you know what i didn't do go check it out that's right (laughs) (laughs) because people are already answering me Uh. Yes, yeah, so, so you can find my stuff. You can find my Star Wars timeline gold. It is starwarsfanworks.com slash timeline. Uh, you can find my YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash chrono radio, uh, spelled like chronology with radio. And then, uh, yeah, uh, of course, just search for that. Star Wars Beyond the Films over at starwarsreport.com, which has been mentioned actually in the show here. Uh, it's also got a Facebook page. That's the one I do with me and uh, Mark Herleman. Yes, yes, with myself and with Mark Herleman. Uh, apparently, there's two of me. And uh, I guess I should mention it again. I wasn't going to, but a saga on home video, a fan's guide to the <laughs> Star Wars home video releases, is now available through Amazon.com. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew you couldn't resist. Hey, you're telling us where to find stuff. That's something to find. <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep at night. Oh, so that's uh, that's all I got. Unless you want to plug it again, Nate. So no, uh, no, I I think I'm good. So never forget. Let the Wookiee win, especially if they're fighting over those damn pins. So I got another one. Do uh, do let the Wookiee win because I'm sure he would like Star Wars. I don't think just like go back into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. This party's over.